0: You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?
1: The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fratinsky.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Heard and Ten podcast, part of the network, which can be found on bicbp-radio.com. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky, and you can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can also check out our dedicated Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts at Heard and Ten what a week um bills obviously their game got moved around a lot playing the Tennessee Titans Tuesday night it was prime time and it was one miserable game I've been coming in every week pretty calm pretty steady this week I'm pissed I was just a miserable, miserable effort. Just a really poor and sloppy effort from the Buffalo Bills. For those of you listening right now, this is already it's already Friday when you will be listening to this. And I can tell you right now, it's not Friday yet for me when I'm recording this. And I'm still pissed. I mean, you come out nationally televised game. And you just put up a stinker. The Bills got trashed. It, I mean, it was just a brutal effort. on I would say on every count of the game. There, there was not... There's really not a lot of good things I can say about that 42-16 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Where, where do you begin? Where do I begin? They were... Mediocre on offense, they were atrocious on defense, and special teams failed them. Let's start with offense. Josh Allen actually didn't look that bad. Some of you may think he looked terrible or you know, you're know you not happy because he didn't look like the MVP caliber player that he was in the first four weeks of the season. We need to understand he's not going to always be that good and that's okay. I've I've said this before. He's not always going to be that good. But you hope that he's going to be good enough to win games. I don't think he was that terrible this week. I think he actually played probably almost well enough to win this game. But our defense was garbage. Like, I'm just going to say it. They were garbage. They played like trash. They They looked like trash out there. Okay, so... Josh Allen did not have a bad game. I I just, I want to say that because yes, he did have two interceptions, but really one of the interceptions was not his fault. It was a tipped pass, which I should mention was right in Andre Roberts's hands. And I believe it even hit his shoulder because it went through his hands, tipped up in the air right into Malcolm Butler's hands. So not a great way to start the game. But outside of that, I mean, yes, okay, Allen had one other pick, which was his fault. It was a terrible read. I don't know what he was thinking. He actually had some time, too. He just chucked the ball up. It definitely felt a little bit like vintage Josh Allen. It's crazy I'm saying vintage. In the last couple years, those are some plays we've seen him do. Those are some mistakes we've seen him make. Could he be better? Yes. Yes. But he was not bad. He converted a lot of third downs. And and they were deep third downs, I should mention. A lot of them were, you know, third and seven, third and ten. He He wasn't bad. He actually looked pretty good. A big challenge was we couldn't really move the ball down the field. What I mean by that is so many of the throws were short. Like, for example, when we were driving, it took us so long to get touchdowns. Allen would drive for five, six minutes. The the challenge with that is when you're down by so much, you need to be in a hurry up offense, but also you need to find ways to push the ball 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. Now credit to the Titans. They played really solid defense. They had okay pressure up front. I would say Allen was protected relatively well, but their coverage was clearly good. They really didn't give up a lot. And Could we amount a lot of that to the fact that John Brown wasn't playing this week? I mean, I think it needs to be noted. The bills, I would say wide receiver two did not play. That's a big loss. Now you still have Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, rookie receiver, Gabriel Davis, who has looked really good. And again, he looked pretty good against the Titans. He made some really nice catches and one of them was actually a touchdown, which was called back due to a penalty, but it was an Im- an incredible catch. He reached back, you know, stretched his body out, made an amazing catch. So clearly he is, I would say, better than I was expecting he was going to be this year. There was a lot of positive stuff about him coming out of training camp, but man, I don't think anyone thought he was going to be this good. So... That's incredible. That is great. But there are a lot of bad things. I feel like that's it for the good. Honestly, I don't have a lot. Isaiah McKenzie had a nice touchdown. He showed some some speed, some burst. That's why we kept him on the roster. That's why before the season, I said they should keep him. He's still an asset to the team. I would say that's about it for positives. I've listened to a bunch of other Bills podcasts. There were some other positives that were mentioned. I don't personally feel there was much else to really be happy about. Let's start with the defense. The defense has not been good in the first four weeks, and nothing changed in the fifth week. (laughs) I mean, if anything, things got worse. The Bills' defense looks pathetic. Now, they were missing Tredavious White, they were missing Matt Milano, and Levi Wallace is on the IR. So... Levi Wallace, okay, has not been great this season, but not having him and then having to play a guy like Cam Lewis, who's never played, is really, really difficult. So I don't think the expectations could be particularly high. But the defense was just awful in every aspect. Well, actually, I'm going to take a step back. It wasn't in every aspect. They weren't bad against the run for the most part. They did give up a few Terrible touchdown, touchdown runs, which were just awful. But I don't really think that those were the run defense's fault. I think it was more a coverage issue. Now, the Bills defense looked horrendous. They were not closing in on gaps. They were not filling the gaps, which is why there was some success in the run game. Not a lot, but there was some. And again, they gave up a few rushing touchdowns. So, hard to really say they played well. But they got no pressure in the pass game. I I don't get it. The Bills management spent a ton of money on the defensive line. And the defensive line did zilch. Nothing. Nada. Nada. Very little pressure. They barely even breathed on Ryan Tannehill. They couldn't even get a finger on him. I mean, he had all day. And then if we ever sort of got pressure, he would just take off and run for 15, 20 yards with ease. And look, don't get me wrong. Ryan Tannehill is a quick quarterback. He has speed. And and I think a lot of people forget that he can actually get out of the pocket and run for, for quite a few yards. So it's not that he's not a running quarterback, but you were making the guy look like Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. Ryan Tannehill's not Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, at least not yet. So you got no pressure. Even when the Bills dialed up pressure, when they sent six guys, they couldn't get pressure. If you can't get pressure with six guys, you're screwed because how can you possibly lay back in coverage and actually make a stop when you're sending six of your guys? It, it's it's impossible. So obviously it would be ideal for the Bills to get pressure with four, but they're sending six and they're still not getting pressure. I mean, we spent so much. We brought in Mario Addison. We brought in Quinton Jefferson, Vernon Butler. We signed uh, all those guys. You know, you drafted AJ Epinesa who... I should mention has not looked great. He's made a couple plays, and I will note, I will note he had a couple good plays against the Titans, but for the most part, he's been very quiet. What about L Oliver? What about Ed Oliver? Ed Oliver has not looked good. He's not doing his job. He's not stopping the run. He's not getting pressure. He's not able to back up in coverage, even if we needed him to. He can't really do anything. It's, it's crazy. I. We had such high eye, and I say we, I, I think a lot of you had high hopes for Ed Oliver. He has not been what we had hoped he would be. And that brings me to the next issue, Tremaine Edmonds. Man, I'm not happy with Tremaine Edmonds' play. He looks lost. He looks confused out there. He's just not seeing the field. His instincts are just not there. He had this issue in his rookie season, and it seems like it's creeping back, which is instincts. He just doesn't seem to have a good feel for the game. Look, the guy's got great abilities. He's talented. He's big. He's fast. He, he can lay guys out. That's all great. But if you don't have instincts and can't read the play, that's all for naught. You have to be able to read plays. Hey, look, if you want to tell me he's not good at coverage, fine. Then I want to see him getting sacks, forced fumbles, big hits. I mean, he's not doing a whole lot of that. He had one big play last game. I would argue it's the best play he's made all season. One play on, I think it was a third on third and four. He tackled the guy and knocked the ball out. So it was an incomplete pass. I mean, if that's the biggest play in five weeks from your st- quote-unquote star linebacker, there is a problem. It's amazing we we didn't talk about a lot of these issues in depth in the first four weeks because we won, but now it's it's very apparent there is a serious problem on the Bills' defense, and it's not just in one spot. It's not just one player. It's the defensive line, which includes guys like Ed Oliver. It's the linebacking core, which includes Tremaine Edmonds. It includes A.J. Klein. I mean, those are two main guys that I want to talk about here because they've looked terrible. Edmonds is not playing quality football. He's doing nothing. He's not dialing up sacks. He's not dialing up pressure. He's not forcing fumbles or he's not getting interceptions. He's not making big tackles. He's not stopping guys from getting first downs on a third and two where he should be filling a gap. He's not doing it. When they run right, he's going left. When a guy does a slant to the left, he's somehow going to the right. What about we get some pressure, Ryan Tannehill rolls out. He just runs in for like a, I think it was a 17 or 19 yard touchdown. No linebacker in sight. And when they went to the review, when, or when they went to the replay, Tremaine Edmonds is on the other side of the field with A.J. Klein. How could both of them be so oblivious to that? How could they both fall for Tennessee's games? Tennessee's good, but I mean, come on. Their offense is not that good. They made us look like trash. We made Tannehill look like an MVP quarterback. Look, maybe he's going to be an, an MVP at the end of the season. I don't know. But at this moment in time, he has not played like an MVP quarterback. He's played well, but I wouldn't say extraordinarily well. He hasn't played nearly as well as Josh Allen, in the, at least in the first four games. So there are a lot of issues with our defense. Next issue, special teams has had some good punts, which was wonderful. He had one monster punch, punt, which was great. I think it was a 74-yard punt. Plus, there was a 10-yard penalty against the Titans. So he got an 84-yard punt. That was incredible. He flipped the field. It was great. But man, that guy's got to improve holding the ball for kicks. We're lucky Tyler Bass made his field goal. Because I believe on one of the field goals, or whatever, one of his kicks... Bajorquez had the laces in. I mean, come on, man. Laces out. Everyone knows that. Bajorquez has got to improve that. That There's no excuse. And apparently that's why Tyler Bass missed some of the kicks. So I apologize because last week I kind of dug into Tyler Bass. And look, he hasn't been great. But some of that is clearly Bajorquez. Not a good holder. So got to clean that up. What other issues, special teams? I mean... Andre Roberts, he's been really good. Maybe it was just this one game. He did fumble. It was pretty brutal. Hopefully he cleans that up. He, he had a really tough game. Obviously dropping the pass from Allen, which led to an interception. Fumbling on a kick return. I mean, the game was kind of over at that point, but still. The other issue, our coverage downfield. Oh man, Taron Johnson is just not cutting it. He was really good last year. He has not been very good this year. He's getting torched up the middle, like constantly. You can just see teams, they don't need to bother with the perimeter. They can just go up the middle against us. Just torch Taron Johnson over and over again. I mean, he's he's not playing defense, so why not just keep going after him? Plus, Tremaine Edmonds is in the middle. You might as well attack him too, because... He's not playing well in coverage scenarios either. Man, the Bills need Matt Milano back. We need him so badly. And we need Tredavious White. Our cornerbacks are thin. Look, I know we're missing Levi Wallace and we're missing Trey White, or at least we're missing both of them last game against the Titans. But without them, we're really, really thin. And and Josh Norman, I mean, he looked okay. It's not really his fault. I mean, we're too thin back there. Just, it's such a shame. We, we spent so much money and draft capital on the defensive line, and it seems like we kind of forgot about every other spot on the defense. Look, our safeties are really good in Micah High and Jordan Poyer. Our defensive backs, I mean, our, our cornerbacks, if they're healthy, they're, they're not bad. We got Trey White, who's obviously amazing. Outside of him, I guess nothing great, but we're good enough. But when you have multiple injuries, our depth is a real problem. And same with linebacker. Without Matt Milano, we're just not the same defense. It's crazy. I did not think I'd be saying this right now, but I think Matt Milano is much more important to this team than Tremaine Edmonds. I would honestly make the argument And he might be more important than Trey White. Look, I want Trey White to stay. And he is. And Trey White is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So don't at me for that. He he is really good. And I love Trey White. But I don't know if our defense is even a good defense without Matt Milano. Without Trey White, I don't think we're very good either. But I almost feel like... (laughs) We might even be a bad defense without Matt Milano. It's it's crazy I'm saying this. I I didn't think I would say this. I knew Matt Milano was important. I didn't realize he was this important. And I'll I'll be the first to admit it. Love Matt Milano. Think he's a great player. I didn't know we'd potentially be a bad defense without him. But I personally, at this point in time, think we are a bad defense without Matt Milano. We need Matt Milano. Milano without Matt Milano, it's going to be very difficult to win games or, or at least it's we're gonna to have to be perfect on offense that's where I'm at right now so is that enough complaining I mean look I, I want to try to move past it because it was a terrible game it sucked. And I think we all just now want to focus on the game at hand, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you're listening to this on Friday, the Bills will just be a few days away from a prime time game against the Chiefs. Monday night. Now, it's kind of prime time. 5 p.m. Eastern time. But hey, it's the only game on at that time. So... Primetime, I guess. I mean, it was going to be primetime on Thursday. Of course, it got moved with everything that happened with the pandemic and the Titans. But we have another primetime game, which means the Bills have a great opportunity to flip the script. The Bills have been great. Well, at least were great the first four weeks. Or at least the offense was great the first four weeks. Yes, they had a doozy in week five. But they have a chance a chance to bounce back this week and beat a good Kansas City Chiefs team. And I should mention, a Kansas City Chiefs team that I would say has not looked that good. They look beatable this year. Patrick Mahomes looks beatable. He can be beat. So, I really want to talk about this game and I want to focus on this game. And I'm going to use the usual segment of weekly wins and lazy losses to do that. So we'll break down what the bills need to do to win and what they need to do to fail and lose this game. So I just want to say that this segment is brought to you by manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming, but they now also offer products for other parts of your body. Before I get into this segment, I want to tell you a little bit about Manscaped's latest product, the new Weed Whacker. Ear and nose hair trimmer, which uses the same skin safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. If you buy this product using the promo code HERDAND10, you will receive 20% off and free shipping. So please... Visit Manscaped.com, and then when you go to purchase an item and hit checkout, include the promo code herd and Ten and get 20% off and free shipping for your entire order. So get the new weed whacker and/or the lawnmower 3.0 and make your balls a priority this fall. <laughs> I love that, but honestly, th- their products are incredible. I've gotten a few of their stuff now. Um, they've sent me a handful of things and it's incredible. This, this, the stuff really is awesome stuff. They're all their stuff really works really nicely. It trims beautifully. And the, 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 quality of their products is, is really high and it's truly premium. So again, go to Manscaped.com. just get something from there, help out our podcast and put in the promo code herd and 10 and you'll get 20% off. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. So let's talk about the weekly wins. The Bills need to clamp down the middle of the field. They need to stop the bleeding in the middle of the field. What I mean by this is stop allowing teams to expose you down the middle of the field. That goes to Tremaine Edmonds. He's got to lock that middle down. He's got to be in the right place at the right time. That also goes to Taron Johnson. Slot corner. He's got to play tougher. He's got to probably press whoever he's on so they're really pressured and, and make them make contested catches. If the Bills do that, if the Bills can shut down the middle of the field, I think they'll have a pretty good chance. I'm being hopeful. I hope that Trey White's going to be ready for this upcoming game. And if that's the case, the perimeter of our defense is going to be improved. And you better believe that our safeties in in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are going to come out with a little bit of a revenge feeling this week. They're going to play really tough. So I think deep And I think more perimeter, we're going to be pretty solidified. I think things are going to be better. But we really need to lock down the middle of the field to win this game. Because otherwise, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just going to pick you apart if you don't play tough on their receivers. Especially up the middle when you're looking at a guy like Travis Kelsey, who, if you don't know who that is, he's the big bruising tight end for Kansas City. And the guy's got great hands and he's physical. So if you don't play physically, if you don't make him make contested catches, he's going to eat you apart. He's just going to destroy you. So you got to take care of business there. Now, the Bills got to clamp down on turnovers. They had three turnovers in the game against the Titans. They, they can't do that. You got to avoid turnovers. Josh Allen, I mean, look, like I said earlier, the, the tip interception, the first one was not his fault. The second one was certainly his fault. And Andre Roberts fumbling on a kick return. Certainly his fault. you got to limit those turnovers. Especially when you're playing a team as well run as Kansas City. They're such a smooth organization. Such a smooth team. They don't make a lot of mistakes. So if you make mistakes, you're probably going to lose the game. So the Bills really need to limit those turnovers to give themselves a chance to win this game. Now, lazy losses the bills need to be able to stop the run if they fail to stop the run which is not kansas city's main part of their offense but i say this because if they can't stop the run the pass game is just going to be so open it's going to be too easy for patrick mahomes you have to force him to throw constantly And force him to make difficult throws. And the way you're going to do that is by shutting down the run. Making sure that they can't run. So they can't run play action or get Mahomes on the run or anything like that. You need to shut down the run. If the Bills fail to shut down the run, I think they could lose this game. They also need to cover deep throws. We know what Kansas City's about. They're about bombing at 50-60 yards down the field to speedster wide receiver Tyreek Hill. You need to watch for those plays. And I'm talking to Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Those two guys at safety need to be available deep so they can take care of business and not allow Tyreek Hill to go off on the bills. So if the bills fail to shut down deep throws, they're also probably going to lose this game. So, I think a big thing is it really comes down to the Bills' defense. I'm not that worried about the Bills' offense. Their run game certainly needs to improve. It has not been up to snuff. But with Josh Allen at the helm, and with Josh Allen ideally getting back to at least remotely what he was doing the first four weeks, the Bills could have a legitimate shot to win this game. But if their defense puts up another stinker and just plays with no passion and plays just poor football, the bills will lose this game. So it's an exciting week. It's an exciting weekend. We all have the whole weekend to get ready and we have all of Monday to get ready for the bills to take on the Kansas city chiefs. And it should be noted. This game is at home and yes, there's still no fans, but at least the bills will be at home and in their comfort zone. So Hopefully, we see a huge win from the Bills. Now, before I go, I just want to say we have a couple guests coming on in the next few minutes. So hang around because we have two awesome guests coming on. And one is actually a Patriots fan who works for USA Today, the other is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So in the first segment, we're going to talk about the previous game a little bit. We're going to break that down and go through that with Mark Schofield. And then later in the episode, we're going to be talking with Braden Holacek, and we're going to be talking about the matchup against the Chiefs and getting a take from an actual Chiefs fan and, and also getting a take on what he thinks and what the Chiefs fans think of the Buffalo Bills. So thank you for listening to this segment, and we have a couple more to go. So hang in there and hang tight. Thank you. Bills season is here, but tailgates will have to wait. But there is a new way to connect with your Bills Mafia and other sports fans. Let me tell you about this new app called Playing the Field. Playing the Field is a dating and community app made exclusively for sports fans. By Playing the Field, you can connect with sports fans for any reason you want. Want to find a friend that won't ask questions when you say you need a table? Someone to go to a game with or just grab a few beers and wings? Need an extra player for your weekly hockey game? Playing the field also helps you find your MVP by offering a dating app that removes the inconvenience of having to scroll through multiple profiles just to find a sports fan. Playing the field is available on the web at playthefielddating.com and we'll have iOS and Android versions later this season Playing the Field is founded by a member of the Bills Mafia so you will also be supporting one of your own please take a look at our show notes for more information on Playing the Field and their podcast The Fan Experience Welcome back to the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. As mentioned previously, we have an exciting guest on today, Mark Schofield. Now, Mark Schofield works for USA Today and writes for the Touchdown Wire. Now, he isn't a Bills fan, but he is an NFL fan. And this guy knows a lot about the game. And obviously, a brutal loss the other day with the Bills against the Titans. I want to get your take, Mark, on what your thoughts are, especially as an outsider, as a non-Bills fan, what you saw in that game and, you know, any takeaways from there. Obviously, of course, you know, let our listeners know where they can find you and anything unique to tell them. Well,
1: Jake, thanks so much for, for having me on. I uh, appreciate it. Looking forward to this conversation. Um, like you mentioned, uh, right for USA Today's Touchdown Wire, it's one of the places I contribute. Also, a couple of different SB Nation websites, including Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I cover the Giants and the Eagles. And yes, Pat's Paul, but because I am a Patriots fan. Underneath all of the NFL coverage that I do, I'm a Patriots fan. That's I was born in the New England area. You can probably hear the Boston accent. Um, So I come at this from a bit of a different perspective than perhaps, you know, some of your listeners are, you know, used to uh, as a bill show. So I do have a bit of a different perspective on sort of the AFC East and these two teams. But, you know, as far as where you can find me on Twitter at Mark Schofield is the easiest way to do that. Yeah, no, uh, you know
0: it's interesting to have someone who is a Patriots fan on someone who has been on the other side of it for us Bills fans it's obviously been a tough while I think a lot of us were you know excited to see Tom Brady leave the division but what's your take on last night's game now obviously the Bills ended up getting blown out Um, and you know I know you wrote a piece about some observations from the game maybe you can give some light or shed some light to Bills fans who maybe feel a little
1: down and out. Well, I think at the outset, this was an interesting game because you had two unbeaten teams. You had a situation where one team had a 16-day layoff, which is not something you often see in the National Football League absent, say, the playoffs. And you had one team that was kind of left-wondered when they were going to play this game. And I think in a sense that did sort of contribute to what we saw last night for all the discussion about how the Titans, you know, they didn't get a chance to practice. They were probably rested. Um, And it does seem like they used some of what the national media was saying about how they were handling COVID-19 protocols as a bit of motivation. And, you know, say what you want about that. I think if you're a Bills fan and you look at this outcome and you look at the fact that Josh Allen, your quarterback, Goes 26-41 for 263, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and this was his worst game of the season. I think if you are now establishing that a game like this is his perhaps floor, is his worst case scenario, I think if you had told Bills fans that before this season started, they would have taken that in a heartbeat. Um, Because what we have seen this year from Josh Allen is true development as a quarterback. He had a lot of questions both coming out of Wyoming, uh, both entering the season, both in terms of, how we could do some things beyond throwing the ball deep, beyond throwing the ball hard and fast. Um, you also had some questions about how he would fare in the deep passing game. That was a weakness of his last year. He's answered most of those questions if not all of those questions so far. You know, you're seeing him throw with anticipation and Cole Beasley made a point in telling the CBS broadcast team during the week, during the build up to this game about how Allen's thrown with anticipation and throwing receivers open. That's a big part of a quarterback's development. Because that shows you that the game is, as they say, slowing down for him. And so if you step back and look at what Allen has done to date and look at the fact that if this was his worst case scenario game, you're still getting two touchdowns from him. You're still getting some splash plays from him. And while the second interception was perhaps a bad throw, the first one was a tip, kind of a fluky type play. I think Bills would take that and Bills fans will take that in a heartbeat. So I don't I don't think this is a Need to panic situation in Buffalo. I think this was just a strange game, a strange set of circumstances, a bit of a fluky night, and a team you're going up against that had a real big chip on their shoulder that they perhaps manufactured. So I wouldn't overreact to this game at all if you're a Bills fan. A couple of
0: things from last night's game. Obviously, you talked specifically about Josh Allen's stats, and also the fact that his first interception was tipped. So there's an argument to be made that you know that's that's not necessarily a poor throw on his part or a poor play but there's a couple things to note which is one being that the bills were missing a couple of their key players on defense i would argue their best two players being linebacker matt milano and cornerback tradavius white not having them there's an argument to be made that this is not the same defense so Yes, it's great that the Titans, you know, offensively looked really smooth or well, great for Tennessee Titans fans. But they did do that against a quite beat up Bills defense. It should also be noted that even without them, the Bills were also missing cornerback Levi Wallace. So there were quite a few players missing and that doesn't necessarily make up for getting blown out. But it certainly should be taken into consideration when talking about that. However, the Bills' defense, even through the first four weeks, did not look impressive. Do you think that the Bills' defense is maybe not an elite defense like a lot of us, and and specifically myself and other Bills fans,
1: thought that they were or were going to be this season? I mean, I I still think that this is a very good defense with the potential to be at times elite. You know, as somebody that has seen this defense up close over the past couple of years, I think when you look at this defense and you start in the secondary, which I think you should with this unit, you have a pair of safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde that I think are perhaps the best safety tandem in the league. And they can do so many different things conceptually in terms of rotating coverage, spitting those safeties at the snap that confuses even quarterbacks like Tom Brady. I've seen examples of that over the past couple of years. And then when you, you know, come down to the corners, I do think that point about missing and Tredavious White was huge because we saw a lot of Josh Norman on A.J. Brown last night, and I do think that had an impact on this game. Josh Norman, very much a veteran defender, you know, very knowledgeable defender, but he's much better in zone coverage situations, and there were times when he was isolated on an island against A.J. Brown, and Tennessee certainly looked to Brown in those situations, and he was their leader receiver, you know, against the the Bills. So I, I think, you know, Miss and Trey White certainly hurt. I do think, though, that, again, this is a very good-to-elite defense. I think this is a talented secondary. I think you have tremendous players up front. Um, I, I think part of, perhaps, the questions about this Bills secondary, injuries is certainly a part of it. And part of it might be some of the game scripts that have unfolded as a result of the way that the Bills have played so far this year. You get some leads. You get some situations where the other team is forced to throw. Maybe you play a little bit more softer coverages trying to get prevent the big play and teams can sort of rack up some yardage and hit some plays on you that might sort of skew the perception of how a defense is, but I wouldn't be, again, I wouldn't be panicking about Josh Allen. I wouldn't be panicking about this defense. I think this is a very good unit, obviously a huge test coming up with Kansas city, but I do think that this defense overall is a very good to elite defense.
0: Now as a Patriots fan, I am curious, are you thinking that that it seems like there may be a recipe to stop the Buffalo Bills offense? Now, the Buffalo Bills offense, coming into this season, a lot of people assumed that it was going to be a run-first offense. Clearly, that has not been the case. It's been a combination. Well, the reason for that has been a combination of – Josh Allen's incredible development so far and proving that he can throw the ball 35, 40-plus times, as well as the fact that the Bills' run is just not very strong. Their backfield has not really proven to be effective or efficient. And the way Tennessee's defense handled that was giving Josh Allen a whole mix of different types of zone coverages. Is that the way you beat the Bills? And having the Patriots on the schedule twice, do you feel like maybe that's what we would expect from the Patriots against the bills? Is like I said, is that a recipe? Obviously, being a Patriots fan, you know, this might excite you a little, but is this how you beat Josh Allen and the
1: Buffalo Bills offense? Well, I think one thing that Bill's fans should keep in mind is even though that the run game has had its struggles, You could still be effective in the play-action passing game and in the passing game as a whole, even if the running game isn't effective. I mean, just this year, Josh Allen is currently seventh in the league in terms of his difference in completion percentage from non-play-action to play-action throws. There's a difference in yards per attempt of three from non-play-action to play-action throws. And so he's still having success on play-action. In terms of what Tennessee did, because after all, this is a copycat league, you were going to probably see Kansas City and later, yes, New England Patriots try to emulate what the Titans did against this Bills offense on Tuesday night. You're right. They used a lot of different coverages in the secondary. A lot of teams have tried to just man up, play man coverage. You look at what the you know Miami Dolphins did, what the Rams did. They tried to play a lot of man coverage in the secondary and guys like Beasley and Diggs and, Brown and Davis were just running away from guys Tennessee worked in a lot more zone coverage schemes forcing Josh Allen to throw into windows have to read coverages so that was a part of what they did also Tennessee is unique other teams do this like the Patriots as well they'll use at times that radar defensive front where you just maybe have one or two guys in a three-point stance everybody else is in a two-point stance crowd in the line of scrimmage as a quarterback, as an offensive line, you don't know who's coming, who's dropping, and that sometimes creates some confusion up front, which can lead to some pressure situations on the quarterback. Another thing that we've seen from Buffalo is that they've used a lot of crossing routes this year, You know, whether it's mesh concept where it's shallow, some deeper scissors-type concepts where it's more in the, in the intermediate areas. What Tennessee did on Tuesday night was they used a lot of robbers or one cross coverage where you're dropping a safety down into the middle of the field to help out on those. And it gives the effect to the quarterback that those routes are in a sense, in a sense, double covered. And you will certainly think I see, see, I think Tennessee, I mean, excuse me, Kansas city do that. And you would definitely see new England do that when these two teams meet twice this year, because that is what new England has done to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs, they use those robber or one cross type coverages to bring a safety down in the middle of the field, take those crossing routes away and tell Patrick Mahomes that, no, these are double covered. You can't throw these. You have to go somewhere else with the football. So I'd expect to see more and more teams use that against the Buffalo bills to try to take those crossing routes and those types of route concepts away from him and force him to then work through reads and either throw it to the boundary or check the ball down.
0: And no, I, I like that breakdown I think it really creates a clear understanding specifically to our listeners in how teams are, well, how we expect teams to prepare for the bills and how they're going to combat the bills crossing routes. Because like you said, that's been a key piece in the success to the bills offense. And of course, They've found ways to stretch the field. Obviously, John Brown didn't play the other game, so that may have affected their ability to throw downfield as well. But it's nice to just hear a really descriptive way of how to stop the Bills' offense. And it's like you mentioned, bringing those safeties and making them a part of that shallow crossing route concept and essentially forcing Allen to either squeeze it into spots that are, not going to be easy to squeeze into or forcing him to try to go over top and potentially trying to pick him off that way. And, and I feel like that's maybe what happened to him on that second interception where he didn't necessarily then notice the cornerback who was kind of just sitting there waiting for the ball in Malcolm Butler for the Titans. But I don't want to keep you too long. I, I just I have one more question, which is the Bills lost this game. The Bills are now 4-1. and one. They're still leading the AFC East. Of course, the Patriots have looked really good. They did have a loss without Cam Newton. So, you know, there's an argument there that they're not really the same team without Cam Newton. And I I think that's a reasonable argument. Do we see the Bills leading the AFC East by the end of the year? Does this game mean more than than just a one-game strange, like, sort of week for the Bills? You know, you mentioned the Bills kind of didn't know when they were going to play. If it was Monday, if it was Tuesday, Sunday, Thursday, it was all sort of all over the place. Of course, the Titans also were off for 16 days, so we can't ignore that either. But is it possible that that, that confusion is maybe the case here and, and the Bills are a really good team still and will potentially lead
1: the AFC East? No, I think that it might even be more than just a potential. I think it, when you look at these two teams right now in New England and Buffalo, that might be the reality. You know, when you look at how the Bills are constructed right now, when you look at the different ways they can, you know, beat you in the passing game, you know, because Allen has showed that development where he can be a time and rhythm thrower who can operate at the short and intermediate areas of the field. But he's added that deep ball component partially due to the acquisition of Stephon Diggs. You know, they can beat you different ways in the passing game. I still think this is a very good defense. And so, yes, they just lost a game on Tuesday night, but I still think that this was sort of more of a one-off scenario rather than, oh, no, now teams sort of have the playbook to beat them. And you have to remember that this is a Bills team that after you play that Chiefs game, you know, you've got the two Patriots games and you've got a Seattle game and a Pittsburgh game. Those are probably the only games that really worry you right now on that schedule. And so the fact that they have this lead in the division right now, I think that certainly puts them in the driver's seat. The two games with New England will obviously be huge, but this is a Buffalo team that has always played New England tough, particularly during the Sean McDermott era. And I don't think that gets any easier from New England's perspective with the development and growth we've seen from Josh Allen this year. And so I would have to say, you know, even as a Patriots fan, I would put Buffalo in the driver's seat in this division right now. You know, obviously things can change obviously, you know, if new England finds a way to win both of those games, that will certainly change this equation. But right now sitting here with, you know, what Buffalo can do offensively and the, the way the stand set up right now and the schedule these two teams face from here on out, I think Buffalo does have the advantage. I appreciate that hearing that
0: from a new England Patriots fan. It's nice to hear that you still feel the bills are in the driver's seat it's amazing prior to this episode and the episodes before I was really confident in the bills. Obviously they were rolling four and O there weren't a lot of concerns. Now, again, you know, you talk about that it is just one game and as a bills fan, you know, there's that anxiety that is this, is this the old bills again? Are they just going to fall apart? But hearing it from someone outside of our fan base, And knowing that they really are for real, they seem to be a really good team, is nice to hear. It's nice to know that it is just one game. And to our listeners, to my listeners, I want you all to know that, yes, it is just one game. It sucks. You don't want to lose like that, and especially not in the national uh, spotlight, but... At the end of the day, it's just one game. You're moving on. Obviously, Mark, you talk about the Bills have a tough matchup coming up against the Chiefs. But you hope that the Bills are going to bounce back. So, Mark, I really appreciate you coming on. Again, for those of you who want to find Mark, check him out on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. You can check him out on a few different places. He's got it linked to Touchdown Wire. So, He does write for USA Today. He writes for a few other SB Nation sites. So he puts out a lot of great content. So if you're looking for just general NFL content and not just Buffalo Bills and you want to know what's going on all around the NFL, Mark is your
1: guy. So, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hope to have you on again soon. Oh, Jake, thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun. And, yeah, anytime you you want to talk Pat's Bills or anything around the league, You know where to find me now. Thanks so much.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Herd and Ten Podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Jake Furtinsky. And I am joined by another special guest, and that's Braden Holacek. Now, Braden is not a Bills fan, but he is a Chiefs fan, and he writes for FullPressCoverage.com with, I believe, a focus on the Chiefs, given he is a fan of them. Uh, Braden, I'll let you give your plug-ins and tell our listeners where they can find you or why they should listen to you and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, first off, uh, thanks for having me, Jake. Yeah, you guys can follow me um, at Full Press Coverage Chiefs, part of FullPressCoverage.com. Have various articles coming out uh, during the week. Today, I had one talking about the Chiefs' defense and kind of what uh, problems really hurt them against the Raiders last week. And if those problems aren't fixed, that's going to be something um, that could hurt them even more this week against the Buffalo Bills and and um, FPC Chiefs podcast as well uh generally two episodes uh each week i'm i did not have a episode come out yet this week so it's just going to be one a little bit different week but uh yeah those are kind of where you guys can find me uh the full press coverage chiefs account on twitter is at fpc underscore chiefs and you guys can follow myself at uh brayden nine with the number nine at the end so uh that's pretty much uh where you guys can find me
0: Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, I'm sure they'll be checking you out, especially this week with the Bills' huge matchup against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I brought you on because obviously we want to talk about this matchup. Um, What do you think of this matchup? Obviously, coming into it, you have, I would say, both the Bills and the Chiefs kind of stumbling into this matchup. The Bills getting destroyed by the Titans the other night and the Chiefs not looking like the same potent offense that we're used to from last week as well. You mentioned you know, the defense may be a challenge for the Chiefs. I guess I want to hear your take on what you think we should expect from this matchup from both a perspective of being a Chiefs fan but also what the Bills fans can expect from the Bills. So giving us sort of that double-sided take here.
2: Yeah, I think first off with the Chiefs, I mean, Andy Reid was pretty blunt after the loss to the Raiders and kind of what um what led to that demise. And just I think whenever he's kind of getting on them like that, they kind of vow to come out a little bit stronger. So I think from the Chiefs side of things, we could see them start pretty hot in this game, similarly to when they won at the Baltimore Ravens uh, a few weeks ago. I think they're going to of come out trying to prove themselves on both sides of the ball Um, offensively the thing that's kind of veiled them um, is just the zone coverage that they face from both the Patriots and the Raiders I think right now that's taken away a lot of throwing windows forcing Patrick Mahomes to kind of throw onto the ball uh, too long and he's um, you know some of the sacks have been on his fault others um, I think he's got the fifth highest pressure rate in the NFL among quarterbacks if I remember right so It's kind of that weird mix right now where everything is kind of just snowballing. And um, I think with the defensive side of things for Kansas City overall, it's just going to be trying to negate those bigger plays that we saw give up uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders just because I think they really were not expecting Derek Carr to kind of challenge him as deep um, as he did all day long. And that's something that we've seen with Josh Allen so far in 2020, that he's not afraid to throw it deep. He really never has been. He's had the arm for it. Um, So that's kind of the chief side of things where I think they're going to try to come out stronger. Uh, just just with the Bills, kind of looking at them the last few years and especially this season, one thing that's always impressed me, I guess, is their culture that Sean McDermott's kind of built there. It's just a really well-rounded team, top to bottom. Um, everyone has bought in, and I think coming off this loss uh, to Tennessee that we saw Tuesday night, it's just going to be really interesting to see if you know this time around this season. What are the bills going to look like? Because I think in the past, they've always always kind of gone out as the hunter. They're a little bit more playing um, as the hunted this season, in my opinion. So just kind of seeing how they come off the loss. That's what I'm really interested in watching this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, they say well, what makes a great team is a team that's able to bounce back from a bad week. And I would argue that both, like I said before, both the bills and the chiefs had tough weeks. Um, and they're coming into this game and they're probably both going to be hungry. What I want to get into here is what the Bills can do to succeed against Mahomes and maybe what the Chiefs can do to succeed in their in in winning in this match. Now, before I let you chat here, I just want to say obviously you look at the Chiefs and the best part of their team is their offense, no question about it. And you know, having Patrick Mahomes at the helm is the key ingredient to this team functioning as it does. Now, how can the Bills stop that? Obviously, you you mentioned a little bit about pressure and that Mahomes is pressured a lot. I wanna note that the Bills, one of their biggest problems this season has been getting to the quarterback. They have really struggled to do so. And I guess I'm concerned as a Bills fan that if they can't get to Mahomes, that they're going to have difficulty stopping him. Maybe you can shed some light and and tell me that that's not the case. Um, But yeah, I just, I want to understand what the Bills would need to do to actually stop Mahomes. And maybe what Mahomes and the offense needs to do to actually beat the Bills. Is it in the run game or is it in the pass game? And, you know, is it looking downfield and trying to beat the Bills deep? Or is it really focusing on that short game and sort of dinking and dunking their way through?
2: Yeah, that that last point's really kind of stood out to me, and just the fact that um, just the fact these last couple of weeks, I think too often Kansas City's offense is really looking to beat the opponent deep. So I think the dink and dunk approach would actually suit them pretty well. Um, the the big reason I guess that I that I would like that a lot more against a defense like Buffalo is just the fact that. Um, their back seven is kind of, is kind of banged up right now. We saw against the Titans, Josh Norman was kind of relied on as the, uh, the number one cornerback in that game with Tredavious white out, uh, Levi Wallace on IR. And then you have, uh, Tremaine Edmonds has been playing hurt. Matt Milano hasn't been there. So I think just kind of trying to beat them with quick passes and shorter passes and letting the speed take care of itself after the catch and trying to open up those longer plays is going to be key. Um, From Buffalo side of things and trying to stop Mahomes, it's really interesting right now because the pressure that's getting to him is actually kind of off a base four rush um, where where the opponents are dropping either seven or eight in the coverage, uh, depending on how many people they have stacked at the line of scrimmage. So I think right now just trying to maybe force those throws into tight windows and making Mahomes either hold on to the ball or become indecisive. Maybe forcing him to run it a little more than he's wanting to. That's something that I think could help the bills in this game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting dynamic and in the fact that even though Buffalo's struggling blitzing uh, right now, or getting to the quarterback. I, I don't think that's actually going to be the worst thing in the world in this game, as long as they can kind of take care of it um, in the back seven.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's amazing. Usually we're complaining about not being able to get pressure. But maybe in this particular matchup, it's actually going to favor the Bills. Sending four guys and really just playing good tight coverage and, like you said, forcing Mahomes to make difficult passes is probably the way you're going to beat the Chiefs. Now, it should be noted, the Chiefs have a quality running back in Clyde Edwards Allaire. I believe I pronounced that correctly, but he has shown some glimpses that of, I guess I should say, of explosiveness. But I guess it's sort of been few and far between, and partially that's because the Chiefs really focus on passing. But I think in this game, you look at two teams that I would say have not been particularly strong in the run game. And, you know, you can challenge me with that or, or, or agree, if you do or you don't. I guess I want to get your take on what you think the run game could possibly have on this game. Could there be a significant impact from the Chiefs running or the Bills running? Is there opportunities there for either of these teams, or are both of these teams pretty strong and you know they really are going to be more of in a shootout and not necessarily looking to go to the ground?
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny watching the Bills. Um, just seems like they've maybe negated. Uh, the run game a little bit when I've watched them. Maybe I'm wrong on that one, but um, I think their their offensive line is really um, a good challenge for this Chiefs defense in this game just because of the power that they all have uh, with guys like former Chief Mitch Morse and then Cody Ford, uh, Deion Dawkins as well. Um, and and something that I kind of wrote about today with the Chiefs defensive struggles is just their inconsistency sometimes to fill gaps. Uh, the linebacker position is is something that Chiefs fans have kind of complained about for it seems like forever now since Derek Johnson kind of left and everything uh, a few years ago. So I think there's opportunities there um, for Devin Singletary and especially for Josh Allen as well. If he wants to take off and run because missed tackles have been a problem for Kansas City's defense and also um, the weak side of the play and allowing runners to cut back to that open part of the field has been issues. So I think there's, there's areas there for Buffalo. I think for Kansas City side of things, um, one thing they've kind of done, I think, a little bit too much, is try to pound Clyde Edwards-Helaire up the middle. I think um, for the Chiefs, one thing that would help them is kind of letting him run out to the edge a little more side and really challenge those those defenders on the um, in the flatter areas of the field. So the way he's able to kind of make the make defenders miss, I think that would be key, and just allowing him to get more to the outside.
0: Yeah, I think that that all makes sense. And and I think it's going to be interesting to see, especially with both of these teams coming in a little banged up. You know, you alluded to some of those injuries. Um, But with that in mind, that is obviously going to mean that it could be a different game. We might see these teams playing a little differently than they normally would. Now, before I let you go, we have to do some predictions on this game. Now, I'll start. Actually, you know what? No, let's let the guest start. I'll let you give your prediction, and then I'm going to give mine. Now, I don't think we're going to agree on the predictions, but I hope we're at least close and somewhat on the same page. So, I'll let you give your prediction, and and then I'll go ahead.
2: Okay. So, it seems like overall in the NFL this year, just the points have been uh, lighting up the scoreboard more than usual. So, I think it could be more of a shootout. Um, and and I just think overall, uh, right now, seeing how Buffalo's maybe struggling a little, little more defensively gives me uh, a bit more confidence in the Chiefs offense. So I think it'll be Kansas City uh, 38 and Buffalo 31.
0: That is pretty damn close to what I had, <laughs> but I have it flipped around. I have the Bills 34 and the Chiefs 31. So I think what we can take from this is we're both pretty confident in the offenses and not particularly confident in the defenses. Now I just want to say it's interesting because for the longest time, the bills defense has been the best part of their game. And it seems like they've completely lost that aspect, but they've sort of filled that void with a potent offense. So regardless, I think it's going to be an exciting matchup. I'm happy you were able to come on. Um, because it's great to have someone who's actually a Chiefs fan and 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 sort of hear what you have to say about the Bills. And more importantly, of course, the upcoming matchup, which I should mention is a sort of a primetime game. I know it's I think it's 5 p.m. Eastern time um, on Monday. So it is going to be a primetime game. A lot of people are going to be watching the game, but it should be exciting. So look, hopefully one of us is right, because that would be pretty cool. But <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. And um, I'm sure when we got more stuff to talk about chiefs and stuff, we'll definitely have you on. So I really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Braden.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jake. And like you said, I mean, just the fact that this game is actually being played, even though it was moved back, this was, uh, kind of a big one on the schedule this year, I think for both teams, especially, um, kind of looking at the differences for the chiefs home and away a little bit tougher road games. So these are always exciting ones to get, uh, ready for you for having me hey Anthony yeah Chris
1: you hear any new podcasts lately
0: uh yeah I have like what retroblist you had that ready to go like almost like you knew I was gonna ask you this I sort of kind of did it was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh majority of the time it is retro like on the actual console itself, from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendo's to um I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch.
1: Where can I find this podcast?
0: Uh, you can find it at BICBP-radio.com.
2: Sweet. Hey, football fans. It's Chris Phillips of the Ball Hawks podcast. Come join myself and my co-host, Steve Fisher, as we dive into all the biggest NFL news, games, stories, free agency. We have it all. Including weekly rundowns of our favorite teams, the Seattle Seahawks,
0: Wilson wants it all, deep ball, Matt
2: got it, and Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar
0: Jackson trying to run away from some people, still on his
2: feet. Ball Hawks Podcast, where weird food takes and movie opinions meet expert NFL analysis. Hey,
0: it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast, a show about the Vancouver Canucks, but not just about the Canucks. Join myself and Ted Wong every single week for a seriously unserious chat about hockey, questionable food takes. We sprinkle in some dad jokes and keep you updated on shows that ended well over 10 years ago, like Breaking Bad. Seriously, Ted, when are you going to be done watching that? We bring in guests on the regular, like former NHLers, head coaches, and even that
1: guy that pulled off the Michigan. Yep, Mike Lake check out our cool swag on our instagram and twitter feeds and if you're lucky we might just give away the odd prize or two you can find us on
0: spotify apple amazon google and on deanblundale.com slash podcast and hopefully
1: your headphones it'll be the second best thing you do today you know after that cup of coffee